16, turn me up. Just like that, we're back. Views from section 400. Matt, Jack, and Brian along for the ride to dive into all the sports action over the week so far. Happy belated Valentine's Day to all you lovebirds out there. Hopefully everybody had a nice dinner with their special person, special someone. Uh, myself, single. Didn't really work out that way. Jack, I know you might be single too. Um, so, you know, we're, we're rocking and rolling on our side, Brian. <laughs> I know you did a little shrimp scampi. How'd that go? Yeah, no, the uh, the shrimp was, I guess rancid would be a correct term. But, you know, we, we took out the shrimp and just had some scampi and the sauce came out good. So you take what you can get. So maybe the restaurant should have been the move. But hey, man. Props for trying, right? That's all that matters, I'm sure. Uh, Rose probably appreciated that. Uh, you went out and tried, man. So so props to you. Good uh, early brownie points. Good early brownie points for the very soon-to-be happily married couple. But yeah, it is our first show here post-NFL. Obviously very sad. Super Bowl just happened. We'll dive into all that. But pretty, pretty, pretty sad that, you know, football's over. We do have the USFL, XFL starting up soon, so I'm sure we'll be able to cover some crazy shit on that, as well as the NFL draft, so stay tuned on that for football-wise. Yeah, some exciting new segments coming up, um, so just stay tuned for some updates on, on what we have going on, just as, as the sports world kind of transitions into everybody caring about the NBA, NHL and baseball uh, as pitchers and catchers reported today. For now, we just have a Super Bowl recap, and we do have the NBA All-Star Weekend on the cards. So we will dive in this show covering all of those topics and a little bit more. If you can't tell, I got the NASCAR hat on. It's Daytona 500 weekend. We're going 500 miles this Sunday. Stay tuned for the end of the show. I'll be giving a little driver analysis, handing out a couple picks, a couple long shots I win. Because this is the race, the super speedways, any driver can win. So we will definitely dive into that. But I do want to go a quick question of the day. And it was a pretty good one, interesting one, spurred up some debates around at least my office. Sports couples, right? Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, they dominated the sports couple these last couple months. Really, you know, the couple everyone was talking about, not only nationwide, but probably worldwide. We, we got to thinking, who would have the GOAT, maybe the best athletic or just most pure athlete or whatever you want to call it, sports child? Yeah, so I'm a little boring. I'm going to jump with the front runner from our Twitter poll today. Mia Hamm and Nomar Garcia-Para. When you, just when you think about pure what this kid's going to have, Mia Hamm's one of the best soccer players ever. You're going to have that, you know, the feet, the, I guess, hand-eye coordination from the lower body. And you pair that with Nor- Nomar Garcia-Para, all-star, possible Hall of Fame baseball player. You got the hand-eye with the baseball bat, all that reaction time. It's just... I don't know. That kid's that kid's going to be special. When I think about that, I, I think about talent and not work ethic, right? I think about, you know, someone like KD or like Shaquille O'Neal who just has like stupid size. But I know, you know, Shaq, he didn't, he hasn't produced any NBA talent sons. I know he's got one that's pretty good, but I don't know. I, something just keeps on telling me whoever KD finally impregnates later on in life, I just feel like he's going to have some all-star kid who's 7-3 and who has hand-eye coordination like like a baseball player. That that kid would probably be very athletic, but unfortunately his hairline is going to go by, by the time he's like 20. <laughs> That'll be very receding hairline. 
Uh, I don't know if I'll keep it boring. The first one that just jumped off the list that I was like, oh my gosh, this kid would be a stud. Mm-hmm. Kelsey Plum and Darren Waller. I mean, that kid seems like it would be unreal. Darren Waller, an absolute physical unit of a specimen, as well as Kelsey Plum is relatively tall, I'm assuming, considering she's in the WNBA. You got to be yep. somewhat tall to play basketball, whether you're a guy or a girl. But yeah, I mean, relatively tall. He's a unit, plays in the NFL. I mean, dude, they could breed, uh, you know, stud offensive lineman. Stud linebacker, stud receiver, tight stud quarterback, a six five, two like just so many possibilities across the board. I really that one just jumped off the page. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that one seemed like it just really, really popped up on the page for me. Yeah, the the Ertz kid is going to be pretty damn good too. That's one we yeah. should just. We should mention that seemed to be a leader in the clubhouse. When I was talking with a couple of the guys from the office, we had a little group discussion about it. So, and I, I don't disagree, right. You know, you got the athletic soccer mom with physical athletic unit of a father seems to be a pretty good mix to, uh, to breed some D one babies as they like <laughs> to call it now, but that's uh you know, a little intro to the show as we do every week now as we transition post football we do jump into the michael of the week and brian i know this is your segment you came up with it i'll let you have the floor first yeah so mine's more of just pure stats uh than anybody or any team so i was watching uh svp late at night the other night and three stats just really jumped out to me specifically about college basketball so you think when you think of college basketball you think of obviously the big home field advantages or home court advantages Kentucky, before their win against Ole Miss yesterday, would have been Tuesday when you're listening to this, it's Thursday. They had lost three in a row at Rupp Arena. That hadn't happened since 1967. That's a, that's a long damn time. That's what? It's a long time. 55 years? Yeah, through multiple coaches, too, and, like, programs. I mean, that's pretty tough to do. And, yeah, that's really tough. And there's still going to be a sixth seed in the tournament. So they're called the Blue Blood for a reason. My next stat which is kind of even more unbelievable so the four longest active road losing streaks in the acc are all at the hands of the duke blue devils georgia tech has lost 13 in a row at duke boston college has lost 14 in a row at duke clemson who surprised the hell out of me 21 in a row at duke and wake forest after their loss this week 25 in a row they haven't won since 1974 at cameron wow insane and then maybe the most mind-blowing stat of them all the most consecutive home conference games holding an opponent to under 70 points this streak finally ended when Pitt scored 74 on Virginia they did it 48 consecutive games from 2019 to 2024 the only team to do it more Virginia 50 in a row 2011 to 2016 just absolutely unreal Unreal stats. So that just blew my mind, and that's that's my Michael. Yeah, dude, that's pretty. Uh, some pretty pretty tough stuff to beat right there. I mean, like fifty five games stats. is unreal. It's, it's five years, two separate five year runs of holding opponents to under seventy points every game. Say, so build culture in a program. Yep. UVA yeah. in the under. My Michael of the week is Justin Bieber. <clears throat> Man was at the Super Bowl. Everyone was expecting him to perform. We knew he'd be there. He's a big sports guy. We knew he'd be at the Super Bowl. Usher knew he was there. Asked him to perform with him. You know what his response was? I'm not feeling it. What? This is a Super Bowl. You're getting asked to get up on stage at the Super Bowl, perform 
a song, not even a whole song. You, you're, you're doing like 30 seconds of a song. Nah, I'm not feeling it. Look, I respect, I respect the beat. Is he frozen on yours? Yeah, he just froze up. <laughs> well, there's our loser of the week, Jack's internet speed. <laughs> All right, where the fuck was I at? Uh, Justin Bieber saying he doesn't feel like it. You know, he he took some inspiration. SpongeBob was in attendance, and I know he he had that pick. I don't really feel like it when he was hired by the Chum Bucket. So <laughs> he just took some inspiration from from the Bikini Bottom. Yeah, Brian, maybe that's what it was. No, I mean, look, I I respect the play. I really do. You know, just to get asked to go up on stage, you're just trying to watch a football game, enjoy some beers. You know. Whatever your motivation is, you're you weren't you're ready, not ready to perform. Maybe your voice hurts. Whatever the reason, I respect that. I'm not feeling it. I just had to conclude it as my Michael. It's not a, it's not a loser. It's not a winner. It's just a very surprising thing that happened this week in the world of sports. Yeah, dude, and it's it's Bieber, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't give a shit. So he's yeah. the kind of guy to just do something like that, where it's like, how do you say no? And it's he just doesn't care. He's got enough Spotify streams. He doesn't need the he doesn't need the bump. He just doesn't he doesn't need any more publicity. He doesn't if anything, he wants less of it. So yep. um the last thing he's doing is running and jumping up on the stage. But I guess for my Michael of the Week, a little sad here. Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade got shot up by somebody and we actually had somebody die. So obviously an extreme surprise for such an awesome celebration can even go down as the loser of the week as well. But yeah, just really shocked at such a, you know, that is a to- a unifier is an NFL Super Bowl parade unifies the city like no other. I seen it in Philadelphia when it happened for the first time ever. Nobody beefs. Everybody gets along. Everybody's friends. It's good times, good vibes. And to see that go down, I don't know all the crazy details behind it or what the motive was or what the deal is, but Really just a bad scene in Kansas City. And, you know, it's unfortunate somebody did pass away and was killed. Thoughts and prayers go out to that person and their families. Yep. Yeah, prayers up to not only the family of the deceased, but also the 10 injured and their families. Hopefully they're right. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, a, a like you said, a citywide parade. There are thousands and thousands of people there. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's I, I did see a couple reports, you know, as accurate as they as they are, I, I saw it was two people uh, you know, that are deceased at this point, and thoughts and prayers go out to them. And you know, again, not to undertone that, but hope uh, glad glad it wasn't a lot worse than it could have been. Yeah, moving on and kind of speaking of Kansas City, Super Bowl did happen on Sunday, and that's why they did have the parade in Kansas City because obviously the Chiefs won in overtime. OT thriller. We kind of saw the new rules on display to an extent as the, you know, the Niners scored or they got a field goal. So I guess the new rules weren't on, but they were talked about. And yeah, what was it? Was that the second Super Bowl ever? Falcons, Patriots went to yep. OT and then this was the second ever. It kind of seems scripted like, yeah, let the Niners get three and Mahomes goes down and scores. Yeah, not only the second Super Bowl ever to get overtime, but first playoff game with the new playoff overtime rules. And obviously, for some reason, Kyle Shanahan did not tell his team or they didn't practice those new overtime rules. And the Chiefs were just they, they were saying since training camp, they had been practicing that. So that's kind of an unbelievable, unbelievable thing for me. But obviously, the big storyline coming out of here, Patrick Mahomes, his third Super Bowl, he's 28. 
on pace to be the GOAT, probably, as long as he stays out of cars driven by his father. Um, it's not unbelievable. Well, dude, his dad's a drunk, and his son's the best quarterback in the, in the NFL, pacing to be better than Brady. I mean, it's really two sides of the aisle. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, Brian, I'm with you. I mean, he's got three. I said it. After he beat Lamar, I'm not doubting him anymore. He's entered that Brady conversation for me. I think he's got to keep the body right. It's up that dad, Bob. But yeah, he's on pace as long as he can stay in the league, you know, somewhat as long as Brady did. Yeah, the, the offseason of trying to fix that dad pod is probably not to a, off to a great start. I know he's probably eating all the Mickey cookies down there in Disneyland and then just shotgunning beers today. But yeah, he'll get there. I'm sure he, he's going to – he's seeing all the headlines and he's going to figure out how to get his alleged abs to show over his belly. He'll be fine. And Mahomes and his annoying wife and annoying brother will be around for quite some time. So I guess everybody will just become numb to it because it's going to be an every-year thing. Uh, so I, I honestly was pretty numb to it this year. I mean, I know Taylor Swift topped him, but – I didn't really notice the wife or, or the brother at all. Yeah, I think he must have had a conversation with both of them and been like, uh, you guys kind of got to chill out a little bit. Here. That could have been the case too. He definitely, there was, and if it wasn't him directly, advisors, representatives, people who protect the Mahomes brand had had some conversations to uh, get that under control and more regulated for the public eye. Yep. Yeah, the Mahomes yep. camp had enough. One thing I did want to touch on here. So this was the most watched event of all time. Some, depending where you look at it, some say it was bigger than the moon landing. Some say since the moon landing and they had about the same. But Matt already kind of mentioned the script. Was the moon landing or the Super Bowl scripted more? Look, I don't know, man. I mean, people say it never happened, so... Anyone who knows me knows that I think that that shit was fake as hell. And I mean, look, do I think that we've been there since? Yes. Do I think we got there when we said we did? Absolutely not. That was that was a job well done by the Hollywood department beating the Russians. I mean, come on. That was almost better than the Miracle on Ice. I love that shit. Well, I know you had the script for the Super Bowl, too. You just have to make it look like you didn't by getting the score two points off. But you said Moody was going to miss the extra point. Then you didn't give us Hardman out of all the people that could have scored the game when he touched down. Miko Hardman, my God. Yeah, you know, you know that that was a sad one for my parlay. Not that it was going to hit anyway. George Kittle couldn't get more than two receptions in a championship game. I don't know if that's his fault or Kyle's fault. We'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a second. But no, the, the Miko Hardman one was tough at the end of the game. I really needed Kelsey to get in there and they tried they, they they tried to get Kelsey in there they dialed up a, a tight end screen got a couple offensive linemen out in front for him but he got tackled you know down at the two or three yard line before uh before that got me Cole in there but if 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 Kittle could have done his job you know four catches don't think I was asking for too much he finishes with two catches for four yards I understand Kyle Shanahan is an offensive guru is what they call him I understand George Kittle is an absolute freak of nature and an elite blocker, but he's also an elite pass catcher and, a, and an elite ball carrier after the catch, what he can do, breaking tackles, stiff arming people, turning on the Jets. I don't think I, I don't think that Kyle, you know, even thought to use him. I mean, let's look at CMC. I understand he's one of the best offensive players in the game, one offensive player of the year, but he had close to 30 touches in this game. Yeah, he, set, George the, uh, 
First player ever to have 75 and 75 in the Super Bowl. 75. And then, and then they abandoned him. Yeah. They let they stopped using him. Well, yeah, going back to Kittle, there was a play, I think it was in the third quarter, where Elijah Mitchell and the backup tight end were on the field, and they tried to run the ball off tackle, and the backup tight end got a holding penalty to kind of stall the drive. It's like, what are we doing here? Your two, arguably two best offensive players are not in the game at the same time. It's... It's a testament to the Chiefs, dude. I mean, they got it done again, and they're finding ways to get it done. I mean, dude, this team mid-year was like a team where we're like, all right, the Chiefs are finally hitting a the wall. They can't get it done. They don't have the receivers. Kelsey's getting older. He, you know, he's not looking the same. They got the Taylor Swift distraction. The Eagles even went into Arrowhead and fucking won a game, which is crazy because of how the historical collapse that team had. Props to them. Props to Mahomes. Let me ask you guys this. Was this Mahomes' best Super Bowl of of, of all his Super Bowls? Look, I, I think as far as h- how well he played, I can't say that it was his best Super Bowl. But what I will say is that this year meant the most. And they he said that multiple times. Kelsey said that. I think that's because of how they had to do it. They had to lean on the defense. They had to lean on the run game. They didn't, they, we said halfway through the season, they don't have the receivers to get it done. We were sort of right. I mean, yeah. they, they clearly had enough to get it done, but they really didn't have the receivers to do it. You know, Kelsey did his thing, nine catches for 93 yards in the, in the championship and Rasheed Rice, six receptions, 39 yards, pretty modest. Nicole Hardman, three for 57, caught the game-winning touchdown. I mean, none of these stat lines are jumping off the screen to you. I mean, Kelsey, best tight end in the game, did his thing. But, you know, they really never got that that part figured out, and they still won the championship. And that's what surprised me the most about this team. I think that's why you say this was his best Super Bowl in terms of what that meant. But as far as playing goes – I think his best Super Bowl may have been the one he lost to Tom Brady when he was falling over yeah. on one, throwing those dimes downfield for incompletions because they were going off like Tyreek Hill's hands. But I think that game that he lost may have been his best one. This one meant the most. And I, I know he believes that. I know the entire Chiefs organization believes that. I forget which receiver it was that dropped a touchdown pass against the Bucks. But he had like the wizard, he spun out of the tackle and threw it with his left hand falling down. And the receiver just dropped a wide open touchdown. And who knows if he catches that, how that game is different. But honestly, I think this Super Bowl win is most attributed to that defense and Steve Spagnola. I, yeah. I mean, Mahomes obviously was there, but in terms of like his best, I think last year he definitely carried a lot more of the load. Um, and just going back on the receivers. I, I think one of our roundtables, like in December, I couldn't even think of how to word the question, but I was just like, who the hell is going to catch the ball for the Chiefs? And you guys both went with Rasheed Rice, which turned out to be right. I think I said Justin Ross, and he, he went on IR like the week after that. But yeah, like Jack, you said uh, Hardman, obviously the touchdown, he had one other bomb. And then Rasheed Rice had screen pass catches, and then he had that one third down conversion on the last drive of regulation. That was big. But besides that, like, it was Kelsey, it was Pacheco, and it was the defense. Just just one more thing going back on the receivers. Just a little little mini rant for myself here. So back when these two teams played in 2020, I bet first touchdown, Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk scores the second touchdown. 
This time around, I bet Marquez Valdez-Scantling first touchdown. What does he do? He scores the second touchdown. So whenever these two teams meet again, I'm reminding myself, I already have a note in my phone, bet first touchdown and first team touchdown because I'm not letting that happen again. For the record, I had CMC first touchdown and it did cash. Anyway, thank you for the pat on the back, Jack. <laughs> Happy but, um, yeah, I, I, want, I wanted to jump in because we're saying defense, defense, defense. This Super Bowl, Mahomes had his most ever passing yards in a, in, in a Super Bowl out of the four he played in. He threw for the most passing yards in this game. And he completed the most passes by kind of a lot. He completed 34 passes in the game on Sunday, 26 in 2020, 26 in 2021, and only 21 against the Eagles. And he only threw for 180 yards, 182 to be exact. So it's just wild how we're like looking at the defense, but like Mahomes threw for 333 yards, which is the most out of his Super Bowls. And he completed 34 passes, which is the most out of the four four Super Bowls he's played in. And it's not even the most attempts. 2021, he had he had more attempts, which uh I guess is the is the Brady one. So that would line up and make sense. But 333 yards, I feel like gets kind of swept under the rug. <laughs> He also threw maybe the worst interception I've ever seen him throw. But, yeah, no, 300 he, – he had a good game. He definitely played really well. I mean, that throw to Hardman, the throw to MVS, um, he, he played great. Well, yeah, I just more wanted to highlight, you know, we're saying defense and no receivers, which you guys are right. They did lean on the defense. It's just crazy how, like, it gets kind of swept under, like I said, because he completed the most passes out of his – ever any Super Bowl he's played in. And 333 yards, a lot of freaking yards against this highly touted Niners defense, which is good. Mm -hmm. But he was able to dot him up. So, again, I know he had the bad interception, still threw three or two TDs. It was more of a team win, and they did have to rely on the defense and that whole thing. But threw for 333 yards, which is the most passing yards he's had in the Super Bowl, and he's played in four. So I thought that was a little interesting to go over there. But – uh. We can keep rocking and rolling and, I guess, touch on Brock Purdy. He played okay. He wasn't yeah. great. He wasn't horrible. He was just average. If they ended up winning that game, I'm sure he would have got super inflated with how awesome and amazing he is. I mean, one of the things you were worried about was if he would make mistakes, and the mistakes that were made were by McCaffrey and then by uh, Ray Ray McLeod on the punt. Some yeah. say it was on Shannon. And Shanahan, so he, he did everything he could. He missed a couple throws. Uh, I know he missed one to Ayuk that was pretty bad. That would have been a big game, but I, they might have scored on that drive anyway. So I'm sitting here really confused about the weapons of this offense. Obviously, we've talked about CMC, great game, but Brandon Ayuk, three catches for 49 yards. Debo Samuel, three catches for 33 yards. George Kittle, two, George Kittle, two catches for four yards. I mean, those three guys who have elevated you all season, combining for seven, nine catches and less than 100 yards, uh, about 80 yards or so. Meanwhile, Juwan Jennings is going four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. I mean, basically has more than half the production of, of those three star receivers. Look, I understand everyone says Kyle Shanahan's the offensive guru, but you're looking like Arthur, Arthur Smith to me out here. Using Jawan Jennings when you got Debo and, and Ayuk and Kittle. I mean, four only four targets for Kittle. 
two, two catchers on four targets. Look, I'm just going back to it. I'm still pissed about the parlay, <laughs> but, but Jawan Jennings over George Kittle, somebody make it make sense to me. I mean, come on, like Jawan Jennings. How much of a dog is Lejarius Sneed, bro? That guy's fucking lights out, man. I love watching that guy play. You know, when you have guys with the personality play really well, are great. That 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 brings the defense up. It fuels defenses. You know, we it, again. I I've seen it on much smaller scales and and growing up playing football. But you know, I've had t- teams I played on where there's been a character on defense and they make a big play and they just get fired up and. It, fi- it fuels the team and gets them to play better. So if I've seen that on a smaller scale, I can only imagine what that does when everybody on the field is, uh, you know, obviously NFL caliber talent. It gets people fired up. So props to Legereus Sneed for kind of putting the defense on his back and kind of being the captain of the defense unless there's somebody else out there who is. I, I would put him as the captain of the defense for the Chiefs. Chris Jones is definitely the one that you would think to, but I don't know how he is being – in the locker room after the the preseason holdout, and I mean he's, he's been there since week two, so probably, I feel like they love him still. They probably got that by now, but I guess Chris Jones, yeah. On the other side of that, with like the emotional leader, you had uh, Trey Greenlaw, who's just an absolute lunatic, and he was such a lunatic on the sideline, he was jumping around and towards Achilles. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate that it happened, but. Yeah, one of those things where it is what it is. But I mean, uh, he really was so slight, and he fucking got injured. Yeah, he figured it was going to happen anyway. Jack mentioned Debo and kind of the lack of weapons. Matt, did you see Fletcher Cox go, go at? Debo? Oh, did I see it, dude? <laughs> I fucking love that man, and it's so facts, bro. Right? Because he said we're not talking about the Eagles anymore. We already settled that. It's like, bro, we got a ring recently. You. Just frauded again. What do the stats say? Three for 33? Fraud. So I don't want to hear anything out of this guy's mouth. And guess what? We're gearing back up, and we're coming out fired up next year. The NFL year-to-year is different. It's its own season year-to-year. You think we're going to be the same team last year? No. They're coming out fired up. And now Debo put an X on his back, per usual. And, yeah, keep the Eagles out of your mouth. He, you don't have a ring. You fucking frauded again. You're a fraud three and 33. Let's go, Burtz. That's all I got to say on that. 19 yeah. problems and winning the Super Bowl still won. I yeah. tried it. It really is. You know, I, I was elated to see the Chiefs win on Sunday. That is the best way to put it. But yeah, man, I mean, it was still a fun Super Bowl, right? I mean, there was a lot of excitement, action. We got free football with the overtime. You know, it kind of was that feeling at the end where it's like, I don't really know if I want this to end yet. This is this is pretty good stuff. So we get the free football involved there right at the end of it. But I guess we can run through a final postseason betting standings. I think I finished the regular season bottom of the clubhouse, but I did pull out the win, narrow victory over Brian going 15-8. and eight. In the in the postseason, did sweep one round, went five and zero on picks given out on one of the rounds, maybe it was the divisional round or something like that. But yeah, fifteen and eight at a whopping sixty five point two percent. It's better than some handicappers out there, and you're getting the ship for free. Uh, Brian, thirteen and seven, sixty five percent as well. That point two is an important number. <laughs> well, that's why I said the point two because it was, and I think I did say narrow uh, victory. It, it was. <laughs> Point too narrow. And then Jack has seen better days, eight and 14. <laughs> but again, 
we'll see what we'll see how uh, we all stack up next year. But yeah, I mean, what a season, boys! We got through it. Our first views from Section Four Hundred NFL season in the books. The inaugural season. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Eagles are kind of a mess, but they're coming back fired up. Jack's got his Jaguars to hopefully they can figure out how to close out a season. And Brian, I guess we'll just say pick a new team. I'm looking forward to the draft like no other. I, I want to yeah. see what the Giants do. So Yeah, that'll be interesting. And that's always – you can get very optimistic if you're any team because there's no win or loss column. It's just hyper-analyzing these – freaking kids to no degree i will leave it over to brian now as we jump into the nba all-star weekend part one obviously the big events are saturday and then the game on sunday and with the saturday show releasing saturday morning i figured we'd do the dunk contest the three-point contest all that good stuff on that show but we do have the rising stars game on friday night and the first event on saturday is the skills competition so lower key events i guess but still I mean, I'll be watching them. I don't know if you guys will be, but... <laughs> I told you, dude. I'm interested in seeing the Steph against the Sabrina Ionescu. I want to tune into that. Three-point contest, okay, sure. Maybe peek at the dunk contest just to see, but I know that's got kind of eh over the years, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch the game, man. It's so fucking bullshit now. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably have the game on kind of in a background context but yeah all the events on saturday i'll be i'll be tuning in but the rising stars game or games i guess it is now these rosters are pretty pretty loaded it could be entertaining so we have team pal as in pal gasol with uh victor jabari smith our good friend friend of the program uh you're gonna gonna list this whole no, just the, just the stars, just the stars. And then Brandon Miller, so our, not our friend, not a friend of the program. Uh, team Tamika Catchings, Paulo, and uh, Jaden Ivey, the two big ones there. Then you got Team I, – I like to call them Team Thunder with uh, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams and then a couple other Walker Kesslers over there. And then Team Detlef Schrempf is the G League team. So before I have a trivia for you guys about the Rising Stars, but before we get to that, I just want to know right now who are you taking out of these four. Based off of what I'm seeing here, I'm taking Team Jalen. No, I take that back. I'm taking Team Pow. I'm taking Team Pow because I think Victor Wembanyama and Jabari Smith, they're getting it done. Just to be different, I'll go Team Jalen. Yeah, I like both of those. I also think the G League can make something happen because they're going to be trying their ass off. But yeah, they're going to be yeah. motivated without a doubt. I like I like how you mentioned Victor because my trivia for you guys another stat I saw watching Sports Center that kind of this could have been in my Michael of the week too. So Victor the other night had a triple double with 25 points, 10 rebounds and 10 blocks. He also added 5 assists. Four other players since blocks have been named a stat have done it. I'll give you Ralph Sampson because I don't think you'd get that one. But can you name me the other 3? Give me Kevin Garnett. No. Damn. Uh, Yao Ming. No, but that, that's better guess than Kevin Garnett. <laughs> On what basis? <laughs> Kevin Garnett wasn't exactly a shot blocker. This is a big motherfucker, man. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> All right. I mean, this man never really passed, but give me Shaquille O'Neal. No, but uh, yeah, good guess. 
I might have to give you the teams because I mean they're 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 big names, but they're big names, but older or what? Older, yeah, like um, like just give me the decade, like eighties, nineties. Any active one played seventies to eighties, one played eighties to nineties, and one played nineties to two thousands. Is one of them Pat Ewing? No. Kareem. Yep. There's one. Kareem makes sense. All right, Matt, you got a tie. Oh, dude, this is like going like predating when I was born fucking like 10 and 20 years here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of these guys did it four times, if that helps, and the other one just did it once. Like Larry Bird couldn't have done that, right? Nope. So they both played for Texas teams. I'll give you that. Oh, Hakeem. I'll give it to you, but it was Jack's guess. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. So that, now we're tied. There's one more Was guy. that your guess? I don't think that was going to be your guess. Hakeem uh, Olajuwon with the Rockets. I may have gotten there eventually, but... He, he um, was the guy that, that wasn't... Did it, he was the maybe, guy that did it four times. Maybe Tim Duncan with San Antonio? Close. That's a very close guess there, Jared. I thought that was it. That's a good fucking... That's as uh, close of a guess as you can get. Did, who did he come in the – who was their big guy when he came in the league? Wait, so it's a guy on the Spurs. Oh, David Robinson? Yep. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking Nate Robinson? Like, is that who you're talking about right now? So, yeah, Matt yeah, takes I the mean, win there. There you go. Yeah, I guess, you You know, I, I won't uh, – I guess I kind of blurted out an answer. So, I won't uh, – I'll be, I'll, I'll be a very humble <laughs> champion. Yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> Victor, I just thought that was interesting. Victor's first year in the league, he's already on a list with greats like that. And a, yeah, so Dave Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, and uh, Kareem, and then Ralph Sampson, who also did it in his rookie year, which was wow. pretty which interesting. Wild. All right, real quick around the horn, you have team Pacers of Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner. Team top picks. Banchero, what's that? Ann Edwards. Yep. And Victor Wembanyama, and then All Stars: Maxi, Scotty Barnes, and Trey Young. Yep. Perfect. Round the horn. Who's taking the skills comp? I got the All Stars strictly because of Tyrese Maxi. What do you guys got? I'm gonna go team top picks. Give me my boy Ant. All right, I love that. I'm going team Pacers. They've been practicing in that Indianapolis airport. They're ready for. <laughs> ready well, for there you have it. Can you bet on like uh, I guess the opposite of offshore would be onshore books like Vandal? Uh, <laughs> or is it just underground books or offshore books that you get these weird celebrity all star game? No, they'll you have they'll have all this stuff. They will have all this stuff. Oh, I don't cool. think you can bet on the actual. I didn't put the Ruffles celebrity all star game on here. Uh, I don't think you can bet on that. Probably can't bet on that. But you can be like, oh, who's gonna win the dunk contest? Pick a guy who's gonna yeah. win. That's some good stuff. I might. Might dibble and dabble on that. Who's going to win, INSQ or Steph? <laughs> there are odds for that. Steph is minus 400 and Sabrina's plus 250. But we'll, we'll get into that on Saturday. Taking that Sabrina wow. all day. Wow. It seems like they're going to let her win. Yeah, let's jump into some college basketball. The new bracketology that Brian and I have been dialing up over the last few weeks, almost about a month now. And yeah, we just we dial it up every week. So make sure you head over to the views from section400.com. Obviously, our website. 
check out all the bracketology updates that drops every Monday. So if you want a fresh updated bracket, check out our website every Monday. Uh, you can look at the bracketology, see our updated field at views from section 400.com. But yeah, speaking of dialing it up, we have had a new AP poll come out. Everything's been pretty consistent. UConn, Purdue, Houston, and then, you know, you have a Kansas, Arizona, Marquette. I mean, maybe Marquette will sneak in as a one seed. I still don't see it. I think I like Kansas. If I were to pick, I'd say maybe Arizona just because they've been a little stronger than Kansas. But Kansas plays in that tough Big 12 conference that you really can't knock them for road losses. But yeah, I mean, we'll see a big one in, uh, as we're recording this 10 minutes, South Carolina and Auburn. That'll be a game to see is South Carolina legit? What does Auburn have? Is this a pre SEC conference tournament championship game? I sure hope so. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the, the the other top dogs in the SEC, I think we'd be pretty happy, you know, getting USC in the final with you know Tennessee there, Kentucky there. I I wouldn't be too too upset getting Carolina in in the SEC championship. If you want my guess, it's going to be Auburn and Tennessee. You guys talk down on the Gamecocks, but they are ahead of you guys in the rankings. Game ahead, so, it'll it'll be tied after tonight. Just to throw that out there, but. Big test for for uh, South Carolina that does have to travel to Auburn. And if I'm not mistaken, there is no return game to South Carolina. So nope. Auburn gets the upper hand there. Iowa State continues to be an absolute wagon. Went on the road to Cincinnati as a road dog and won outright. So look out for them as, you know, they'll maybe be in that three, four. Hell, they could play their way up to it. They might be a two. The way, yeah. the way they're, they're, they're really but, good. Uh, they're a really good team. And, uh, yeah, Brian, anything you want to add, Jack, feel free to jump in on it. But uh, college, college basketball is heating up. Yeah, a little less than a month left until the conference tournaments start heating up. And speaking of one of the conference tournaments, that's going to be a lot of fun, the Missouri Valley. So Indiana State finally got ranked and then unfortunately just then got lost cooked. to Illinois State. But Ridiculous. I, I, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Robbie Avila. So I'm sure everyone has seen him on social media by now. Just a big dude. They call him Baby Jokic with the sports goggles on. He looks like that uh, Disney Channel character in every, like, team-up movie where the head coach has to do community service or something, and they have to get the fat kid that works at his parents' shop and is, like, slinging chicken tenders, and he turns out to be a ringer. I mean, that's pretty much what Robbie Avila is. And unfortunately for him and his Indiana State team, the Sycamores, they just lost to this kid – Johnny Kingsinger at Illinois State. Five, he's a 5'11 freshman, weighs 165 pounds, averaging seven points a game this year. And he went on the road to a 23rd ranked Indiana 7.3 points per game this year. He went on the road to a 23rd ranked Indiana State and dropped 31 for Illinois State's first win over a ranked opponent since 2007. Wow. Wow. This kid looks like he's in middle school and he just lit up. Like a packed Indiana State, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Kid went on demon time. That is total demon mode. <laughs> yeah, Illinois State. I think they're now eight and seven in the conference, and they're probably not going to get by uh, Indiana State or Drake in that conference tournament. But no, hey, Arch Madness. Arch Madness gets wild down there. So, but they've know. proven they can do it. 
They've proven they can do it. So we'll see what happens there. Do have some mid-majors in the top 25. Is St. Mary's a mid-major? That's a good question. Well, yes, because people have been bitching at Gonzaga for not going to a major conference for years. So I think we have to count St. Mary's as a mid-major. And then Dayton, obviously a mid-major, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, they're like, the A-10's so close, but they haven't broken through yet. So mid-major still, obviously Indiana State, mid-major. Florida Atlantic, mid-major? Yeah, the the American isn't there yet. And then I think that's it for, I guess we can jump through a couple other of these really, really quick. Utah State, mid-major. San Diego State? It might be time to upgrade the Mountain West to... <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, they're, they're about to have probably the third or fourth most bids in the tournament. No, Nevada just, just the, lost. But... SDSU's been a wagon, too. Championship saying, but The Mountain West is not considered a Power 5 conference. They might be getting... They're going to be the new Pac-12, right? Eventually? You got to figure those teams... I mean, not only the teams that... What? Are there... Well, it's crazy because I don't think... Are there any Mountain West teams that are ranked? No. Yeah, I guess New Mexico... Oh, BYU. BYU? BYU's No, they're Big 12 now. Yeah. Um, So, none. But they have Utah State, Colorado State, New Mexico, Nevada. There's four right there that are receiving top 25 votes. Yeah, so that's a that's a pretty good number. Uh, UNC Wilmington did receive one top twenty-five vote for the AP poll. They hey, they, we have them in there as a what are they CAA? See, I was gonna say if we are thinking about getting boots on the ground, the Colonial t- Conference tournament is in DC, and that could be a banger of a conference tournament. I could be totally down to get on the UNC Wilmington Seahawks bandwagon for not only championship week but wherever they go in the big dance after they win that would love to see them hey man they beat kentucky on the road yeah if they make it in as a 13 or 14 seed look out for them to pull off an upset in the first rounds anything else brian you maybe want to touch on a college basketball that i might have missed or we haven't talked about or definitely want the people to keep checking out our bracketology uh, like i said over on views from section 400.com comes out every week monday night you can eat some dinner get the fresh bracket really get dialed in and tune in and and get ready for march madness right because whether you watch it you don't watch it you're gonna fill a bracket out and if you're filling it out for money you might as well have some insight from the guys who have been dialing it up for the entire season like i said on the last show we spend at least five minutes debating the 15 and 16 each conference so <laughs> Brian will list Brian will list the team I'm like, I don't know, dude. Maybe we gotta go this way. Over, you know, two teams that probably nobody ever could have even thought was an NBA pro or NCAA program. Yeah, I think we had a we had to make the sad decision to move Grampling State out of the field of sixty-eight this week. <laughs> they did get demoted this week, but <laughs> is what it is. Is what it is. Go check out the bracketology over there. Yeah, as we roll along here, we kind of wind down the show. Big NHL season preview. Now that everybody cares about the NHL season, we'll dial that up. The Flyers are a wagon. I don't know if you saw the article we put out when the season started. I I had them as not going to be a wagon this year. Uh, I had them 
you know, in a, in a rebuilding year as, you know, not only myself, a lot of other people thought. So, um, but yeah, absolute wagon this year. They make the trade for Jamie Drysdale and yeah, they're looking like a wagon. So we'll dial up some NHL talk as we're getting really close to playoff hockey, which whether you like it or not, playoff hockey is some of the best playoff at that the American major sports offer. So definitely really excited for some NHL playoffs as we roll into that. That's a tournament. You got a red hot goalie, you can freaking go win the cup. I know if you are a hockey fan and you've been watching our stuff, you might be yelling at the TV slash computer to get us to talk some hockey. Well, we got you coming up. We're we're gonna be talking some hockey, uh, refreshing everybody on what's going on. I mean, to be completely honest with you guys, the season starts after the NFL season ends. So that's how we're looking at it. But hey. It's going to heat up, and we're going to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs before long. And I'm a Flyers guy, and I do follow hockey and 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 like to watch it as much as I can. So Brian saying the season starts after the Super Bowl, I know a lot of people are going to be irritated by that comment. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you guys. I'll talk to him. Anyway, the MLB is heating up, dude. We got pitchers and catchers reporting today. So, uh, you know, they'll be they'll – be, your favorite pitcher will be a bullpen session – in by the time you guys are watching this was which is exciting stuff hopefully nobody gets hurt fingers crossed knocked on wood we're a week away from spring training games well not only your favorite pitcher will be having thrown a bullpen you'll also probably see his favorite food favorite teammate and that whole chalkboard of shit onto your social media that's a big first day of spring training first day of pitchers and catchers reporting uh social media trap so i know i saw a couple of mets on there today and I think every single one of them said their favorite food was like Mexican food. So real, real good insight there by the Mets social media department. <laughs> Seems like they're setting the tone for what's going to be a great season. But yeah, I mean, we'll get more into it as spring training kicks off. But for now, yeah, we're so a week away. For now, I want to do kind of the same thing I did when the college basketball season started and we went over the transfer portal. I want to play a little game of who we play for. Some top free agents that moved. So I'll start it off. Wandy Peralta, a big bullpen pitcher on the Yankees last year, got a four-year deal. Which team is he on now? I don't know his ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is He is pretty ass. I think he went in. Did he start on the Giants and he went to the Yankees, right? I think he was on so. on the Giants and the Yankees trade of him, and he actually he went to the Yankees. I thought he did a nice job or an okay job he for had a not being, career. yeah, for not being you know the main guy out of the Yankees bullpen. I want to say he went to San Diego or the. I don't think he went back to the Giants. I want to say San Diego. Am I on to something there, Brian? Yep, that is correct. He went to the Padres on a four-year deal. I didn't know it was four years. I. Well, knew it was out west. I was between he either went back to the Giants or the Padres. Sonny Gray went from the Twins to what team? Fuck. He didn't go back to the Royals. Oh, um, Cardinals. Three for three. Cardinals. My, my old friend Seth Lugo, who was a Padre last, where did he go? This is going to be tough. the fuck it was either it was did he it was either the blue jays or the royals 
and I don't think it was the Blue Jays, so I'm going to say Royals. Four for four. Boom. What do you know about that, dude? The only reason <laughs> I said that is because I, I, I saw a report about that. Because this happened a while ago, didn't it? Wasn't it back in yeah, like it was early. December or something like that? I remember seeing a report, but he was linked to the Royals. I didn't know he actually signed. But I just thought blue team. I knew it wasn't the Blue Jays, but I said Blue Jays because I thought potentially that was it. But, yeah, I've been tracking free agents. All right, two left. Let's see if you can go perfect. This one's easy. I mean, Jorge Soler, he just signed the other day. Yep. I think it was three years, $45 million with the Giants. Yep. The Giants then, have, been, have been putting together a good good roster. They also signed. I'm not sold on Jorge Soler and the Giants being well, the fucking end-all piece that, that's going to propel them to the next signed, level. They signed Jung-Ho Lee out of the KBO, KBO star. They got Jordan okay. Hicks, who is still a project, but he throws 100 miles per hour. And He's a they, project. They traded you can't for, pitch more than multiple innings. They traded for Robbie Ray, who they traded Mitch Haniger for him, who apparently left the Mariners to go to the Giants, and now he's back on the Mariners. So, I don't know. Uh, Robbie Ray is an uh, injury issue, so we'll see how he pans out uh, over spring. And is he even going to be ready for the start of the year? Yeah, he got he got hurt early last season, right? He did get hurt early, but, dude, you know these pitchers for milking injuries. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, last one. See yeah. if you can go perfect. Reese Hoskins, your old friend. I mean, I think we all know this is going to go. I mean, it's so sad to see him go. Milwaukee, take care of him. He went to the Brewers. Yep. Um, we'll see what happens when he uh, when he gets out there. I'll definitely be tuned. Hate that it's another National League rival. Well, at least not interdivision, but another National League team. Best of luck, Reese. You'll always be loved here in Philadelphia. I mean, I'm hoping I don't lose my first baseman next year. Pete Alonso still has not gotten extended by Steve Cohen. So we'll see how that goes. I know Boar's clients don't tend to sign an extension in a contract year. So that might be a At what point does the Pete Alonso market heat up? And at what point does it get really serious that, holy shit, he might not be a Met for life? If if the Mets are out of it by the deadline, it might be a real, real bad situation for myself. I might be yeah. in sad boy hours for a while. I know how but, much you love love your big boy polar bear Pete. Yeah, would I mean, crush a lot of Mets fans. All the Mets that have like, all the Mets that I watched growing up are gone, and Pete Alonso is still kind of there. I mean, he debuted, I guess, sophomore year of college for me, so he's like the oldest tenured. And then Tom Tomas Nito, but he might get cut. But yeah, if he leaves, then it's like, damn, I don't have anybody left. There's, yeah, well, there's, there's no more Jose Reyes and, and David Wrights out there, are there? No, even nope. DeGrom. Even DeGrom left. Matt Harvey's retired. Syndergaard's still a free agent somewhere. Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler's on the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, really mind-boggling how the Mets had all the guys to re-sign. They don't re-sign him. Let him go to Philly, and Wheeler's just been absolutely lights out. Yeah, unreal <laughs> timing like, as soon as the Phillies sign Wheeler two months later it gets announced Steve Cohen's buying the Mets it's like well damn yeah yeah. one last thing on the Mets uh, Steve for the love of God sign Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery at this point I'd take either uh, we could Cody, use both of them or both yeah both would be great Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman still are unsigned as well and Jenny Martinez and Tim Anderson and Whit Merrifield are still free agents so for some reason, just guys in baseball just aren't getting signed. We're a week away from camp. But that's really all yeah, I have for baseball. 
if you want to get into your Daytona 500 picks. Well, I'll keep it quick, and I just I guess I can touch more on the next show, and everybody's trying to run to watch the Auburn game, so I don't want to, uh, you know, have you miss much of that. Uh, I know it's still probably like 17 minutes to go in the first half, so we can, we can present the little patience. Um, anyway, I'll keep it quick. Couple guys I'm looking out for. Look, it's the 500, right? Anybody can win the race. Super speedway. The banks on the turns are like ridiculous angles. Like, you ever have the gravitron effect when the thing's spinning so fast and you just stick to the wall when you're at the carnival or down the shore at the amusement park and you stick to the wall? That's what this track is. You can keep the pedal to the metal, gas pedal down through the turns, which usually common sense or, or I guess common sense that's so common, but when you're driving, you're going around a turn, you let off the gas a little bit, makes the turn a little easier. This is the 500. It's a super speedway. The walls are banked like this. So they're fully, fully slanted down. You, I mean, the cars stick to the wall. So like I said, you can full throttle through the turns. It's a plate race. You'll see them bumper to bumper the whole way. One little bump scratch, whatever cars will start flipping. The whole thing will get wrecked. These guys are going 200 miles an hour full throttle into the turns out of the turns. Like I said, it's the most electric race of the year and it's what kicks off the NASCAR season, which we have this Sunday. couple drivers I like, I guess I'll start with the long shot. Harrison Burton, this guy lives for super speedways. He has a good record at super speedways. Pretty sure he's driving the 21 car, which is Wood Brothers Racing. Plus 8,000, the guys are familiar with super speedways. Wood Brothers Racing, De, uh, Matt De, De Benedetto used to race in that car, got them out of the truck series because he couldn't find another ride in the cup series. Not that surprising because he's not a great driver, but he was able to pull out a couple great finishes in the super speedway in the 21 car, which Harrison Burton is in on Sunday. He also has familiarity with the super speedways. I like him a lot. If you want to sprinkle 10 bucks to win 800, He's got a shot. Some of the more favorites, obviously, have Ryan Blaney, reigning champion of the Cup Series. He is the betting favorite right now, plus 900. Guys to look at, Denny Hamlin. I think this guy's won it three times and very good at Super Speedway. Look out for Michael McDowell, plus 3,500. In the Loves 34 car, he he has a, a Daytona 500 victory already under his belt recently. He knows how to race the track. He's got the team behind it. They got the car to do it. Look out for him. And then other than that, I don't really have anyone crazy. Brad Keselowski is always a guy who will put himself in the mix, but it's really just who's there at the end that gives himself a shot. That's all you need is be there at the end, make your way through the race, avoid the big one, which is the big wreck. And yeah, I'm super pumped up about it. And those are a couple of the picks that I got. I don't really want to dive into it too much more. Maybe I'll touch on it again for the Saturday show if you guys want to dial up on that. But let me know in the comments who you guys are taking. Are you guys getting fired up for it? Maybe you're not a NASCAR fan, but maybe you maybe you throw on the 500 on Sunday. It's a big race, so I can't wait for it. I can't wait for him to start it up. Marty, we're going 500 miles. That gets me going nuts, man. So I can't wait to see it on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, really pumped up for the NASCAR season and the golf season that we are slowly starting to roll into the masters less than two months away. Yeah. Shout out Den- Denny Hamlin still, still racing. He's got to be old now, right? Yeah, he's pretty old, but uh, he's still getting it done. He's still in that 11 FedEx 11 car, fast car, Joe Gibbs racing. He'll be 
he'll be roaring to go. He'll be right there at the end with a shot to win. Denny Hamlin, if you just want to blind bet the race and and probably have a decent shot, you can probably throw some money on him and he should be a shot. Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski are a couple of guys I'm looking at as, as Sunday rolls along. But I know you guys are all fired up for Auburn. I won't bore you anymore with the NASCAR talk. But for my NASCAR fans out there, Stay along for the ride this season. Uh, should be a good one. That's all I got. It's been views from Section 400. Thanks for tailing along for the ride. We'll see you all in the next one. That's all I got. Peace. Max Homa Moneyline Masters. Drive fast, eat ass. <laughs>